the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, Jeff Hodge is my special guest taking your calls on everything from roses, cucumbers and apple trees. Jeff's got some top tips of things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus our plant of the week. If you want your event, Oaten Garden or Horticultural Club to be mentioned on the podcast to let more people know of what you're up to, why not send me an email, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk, preferably two weeks in advance of the event. We go straight to your calls and this week we start with Josie from Malden. Hi Ken, good morning to you both. What would you um, like to know? I, I've been away for about three months and I've come back, a uh, couple of weeks I've been back now, and the roses on the leaves, the tips of the leaves going into the stem are brown. And I've got notice that black spot, yes, but not this one before. The roses themselves are out and blooming lovely. Um, and I've got, a, I think it's called a camellia, I think it is. It's um ericaceous plant that doesn't like the morning sun and it comes out in big... Camellia, yes. Yeah. Sounds like a camellia. Well, that's the same thing's happened to that, but worse. Because some of the branches have, have gone brown and the buds are all over the place. Are these and, all uh, in the ground? These are all growing in the ground the, or containers? The roses are... Uh, the camellia isn't. That's, that's in okay. a pot, but it is a big pot. And um, it uh, seems to be getting new leaves coming in at the top because I've put general fertiliser down, ericaceous fertiliser and rose fertiliser to pep them up these last few weeks that I've been home. And they seem to be better, but the brown I'm worried about on the roses. We've never seen that before. Or on my camellia, which was beautiful. So the, uh, not now. Josie, this is on the edges of the leaves, is it? Did you say? Yes, it's... Yes, and then it goes through to the hole of the leaf, and then the leaves just sit there like like rustle paper or yeah. ground. From from your description, it it also sounds like drying out, because uh, basically the 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 edges of the leaves, if you like, are, are the softest part of the leaf. And certainly if you've got them in a, a very hot, sunny position and mm. or they're in a very windy position and the roots aren't getting enough water to replace water being lost by the leaves, the edges of the leaves quite often will go brown as a, as a result. Have you, and right. while, you, while okay. you were away, did anyone water any of these plants, including the one in the container? No. Oh, well, okay. you see, you can't have a three-month holiday. That's the answer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. You, know. you, you can, al- I, I you can always... I things. It was as as it's like the week, oh, um, springtime, a lot of rain. <laughs> no, well, this year it wasn't, you see, and that's one that that's, that's that summed problem. it up. That's, that's your problem, problem you yeah, see. Yeah, and, and certainly oh, okay. the camellia the in a pot, it, that's definitely drying out. Uh, I mean, is it good to go? Should I, should I take it out or put it in a new pot or just keep no, watering and feeding? No, just keep... Gently watering it on a on a very regular basis to try and rehydrate to the root ball. Okay, okay. And Can I ask you one more thing as well, go, please? Go I, for I, it, I Josie. Very, um, oh, I've had a lot of very pretty white flowers come up last year, and then I realised it was wild garlic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been digging it out, and yeah. then some of it's still there this year. What do I just do? Keep just digging it out, or is there any way I can get rid of it? It's all over the place. So the digging or weaker, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, those those are your only options. Dig out what you can, spray what you can with a you know okay. a, a good weed killer. 
Okay, I'll there's keep no, There's nothing then. else you can do. Apart from, apart, from, apart from harvest all the leaves and, and, and eat them as garnish, which will weaken yeah. the bulb slowly. Oh, right, OK. Well, I've been doing that on some of them that I, can, that I can't get to, where I can't dig the bulbs out. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be as good as, uh, as digging the bulbs out or trying to kill them with a weed killer, but, it, you know, <laughs> it'll, it'll weaken them a little bit. Uh, do you know, it, it, I, I remember years ago there was an area that I kept on mowing that had it. It, it. There was a patch of them, and I mowed and mowed and mowed. And in theory, if you mow them weekly, that should weaken them, shouldn't it? It should weaken them, yeah. No, it's still there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wendy from Leon C. We're talking lilies, aren't we, Wendy? Yes, hello. Good morning to you both. Um, how and and how and when can I split lilies? It's a very young plant. It's had an, only had about eight flowers on it. And can I split them? Because I don't know nothing about them. Okay, Wendy. Well, basically, what happens with uh, the majority of lilies is you you plant the 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 main bulb. And then over time, you get little baby bulbs, which are called bulblets, forming yeah. around the outside of the plant. Right. Which normally happens after about five or six years. Right. Uh, and then uh, you, uh, when the plant is completely dormant, so you have to wait until it's died down in the autumn, you would lift the bulbs, you would split off the little baby bulblets... You would pot them up individually, grow them on, because they can take three or four years to, to reach flowering size. Um, right. And that's... You don't split a lily, no, I, lilies I don't know as nothing such. about them, so, you know, that's, that's lovely. That's a lovely answer. No, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> Have a nice day. Yes, Wendy. And you take it... Uh, you have to be um, patient, don't you, with a lot of gardening, and that is another one that you have to be very patient with, don't you? Yeah, but it's a great way of getting free plants, oh, but you, have to, you yeah. have to just wait a, a little while. John from Lee. What have you got today, then, John? Um, travel with the Bramley tree. Good yeah. morning, gentlemen. Um, the leaves are curling up and you uncurl them and they're full of black fluff. Sprayed them twice, but they still persist. Well, uh, unfortunately, John, in, in a lot of respects, they will, depending on what sort of um, insecticide you've used. Um, because the whole reason that the leaf curls is uh, that's a, re mm. that's, uh, a result of the feeding mm. of the aphids. Um, they actually cause that curling, and, and the idea mm. being, for them, it protects them because the leaf curls around them and all their predators can't get at them. But it also means that if you're using what is called a contact weed killer... Sorry, uh, we, no, not we weed won't, killer. No, we won't put a weed killer on that no, tree. No. Contact insecticide, <laughs> then you can't get at them either with the insecticide. So you, you basically don't do any damage to them with, with a contact insecticide. You're going to need one that has more persistence. Um, so What could uh, you use, Jeff? Well, Provado Ultimate Bug Killer for Fruit and Veg... Right. Or resolver. There's bug, only two, aren't they, I think, aren't they? Main, would, they're the would, main two, aren't would they? Would work reasonably well. But even those are going to struggle a bit. And, and this is the case, as with all insect and disease problems on plants, if you leave it too long, if you don't check your plants regularly and deal with things when they happen 
when they start happening, then, you know, because aphids breed, well, I was going to say they breed like rabbits, but they breed like They're aphids. more than rabbits. More than, more than rabbits. Mm. And, and once you've got huge numbers of them, it, it becomes more difficult to control. You should be out there on a, you know, two or three times a, a week, starting when the leaves come out, looking for problems, going on what I call my pest patrols. And if you see one aphid, it's a lot easier to squash and kill one aphid than it is to deal with Thousands. The, the millions that build up yep. in time. But those two, in, those two insecticides should give you some degree of control. But, you know, next year, get out there earlier and, and deal, deal with it before it gets a problem. OK. Right. Can I have another quickie? Yeah, go for it, John. Um, I've, we've taken a rue tree out, but the runners go everywhere and they're throwing up little shoots in the lawn all over the flower beds. Yep. Any idea of getting rid of them? Well, your best bet is to uh, is to rootle down into the soil out, where yeah. you can see the 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 young because they're basically suckers. Rootle mm-hmm. down into the soil and, and try and, and pull dig dig and pull up the roots. Um, That's all you can do. Isn't yeah, it, really? what I what I've done in the past is that you can work out where the root is, and then with a spade over the top, you can just um, you know make a, a little trench, or you can in the uh, in the lawn you can actually sort of uh, make a slit. Make more. a slit. Yeah, and you can uh, uh, reveal the roots, and they're reasonably easy to pull up. Or in the lawn, you just <laughs> keep mowing them on a regular basis, and, and in time, that'll they weaken go. them and they'll go away. There's but that is one of the things. Brush on or anything. Sorry. There's no, no nothing that would kill them off. Well, you could spray them with a weed killer. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of them containing glyphosate. But be careful on the lawn, obviously, because glyphosate will, will. kill the lawn as well. So you'd have to wipe yeah, it on. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I know why it's called a rue tree now. Well, it's actually Rus. Oh, Rus. Rus, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just Rue the day you put it in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> you're right there. John, thank you for your call there. And we go to Dave uh, in Thundersley. Hello, Dave. Hello, Ken. Um, yeah, I'm trying to sort out this honeysuckle that I've got in the garden. Um, I, the only way I can explain it is the buds... Uh, ending up like um, the old-fashioned uh, matchstick tops, like, you know, they're black, like, you know, and the leaf, like, is all sort of like a black sort of sooty over some of them, like, you know. I've tried all bug clear, I've tried resolve, I've tried fairy liquid, leak, weak fairy liquid spraying them, and uh, it just seems like the leaves, as the caller said before, the leaves are sort of curling up, like, you know, as though they're sort of gone yellow. I'm standing right next to the plant now, just in case you ask me something. Is it growing under? Be... Is it growing under a tree, Dave? No, no, it's along me trellis, like you know. Uh, it's the second year. It's first year I planted it last year. We had no flowers. I've been looking forward to getting the plants flowers on it. It's all in bud, but uh, they've got this like black, and the leaves look like there's quite a few green ones but there's a lot of yellow on the leaves like the leaves going yeah, yellow it sounds and like and, and is it in a sunny position uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you've now actually direct like, sunlight. Direct sunlight, yeah. 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 Well, basically, honeysuckles prefer shade. Oh, you know, right. you know, if, you, if you see them growing in the wild, you know they're growing on the edges Woodland, of, of woodlands, mm-hmm. and that's their native habitat. Right. And if you grow them in a in a hot sunny position, and particularly if the soil at all dries out, then they get powdery mildew, which causes uh, the leaves to go brown and discolour, and it can affect the flower buds as well. Uh, so right. um, I think basically you've got it in the wrong place for it to do really well. Right. 
right. So the green, the green leaf on it is uh, fine, like you know. As I say, uh, the greenery's okay. It's only where this black. So sort of, you can help uh, with effect is that the well, leaves you, are going well, yellow. Right, the, you know? Obviously, try and keep the soil as moist as possible. Mulch the soil to keep it moist, and you could even try spraying it with a with a fungicide like uh, uh, Fungus Clear Ultra. And that would help. That it? would help, but it's the problem. It's in the wrong. The problem place. is, it's in the wrong place. Yeah. Plant of the week is sweet peas. It's the family of Lathyrus, and they're a legume family, and they came from. They were actually natives of Sicily, Cyprus, and the Aegean Islands. Commonly grown today, annual climber, one to two meters high, lovely pinnet leaf lets with terminal tendrils, which of course help to make it climb. Hello, a Scotsman called Harry Eckford in the 1800s developed the sweet pea um, and he, from this sort of, it was an insignificant sweet pea into a floral sensation. Guess what? It was all in the Victorian era. That's where most of these plants got there. It got a certificate from the RHS in 1882 and that was one called Bronze Prince. Um, he, he set all this up and developed, by 1901, over 100 different varieties. His son continued his work with them. The colours now are pastel pinks, purples, bicolours, and in fact gardeners are advised to sow them in the spring in pots. Uh, they sometimes benefit from a good soaking before and then pop them in the ground, pinch them out, and off they go! They're as simple as that. The only other thing you've got to do is, of course, is uh, keep cutting them because if not, they go to seed and you won't be able to benefit from all those beautiful blooms. And they suffer from mosaic virus, which actually will just change the flower and the leaf a bit. Wouldn't worry too much about that, in all honesty. Aphid is another problem, but basically they're easy and worth growing. I recently went to Kings of Kelvedon and they grow several acres of these for seed. And I tell you what, it was a picture, absolute picture. And if you want a good seed, why not buy Kings of Kelvedon? Because they're the specialist in the Essex area. So they are. It's as simple as that. Peter in Clacton. Peter, fig trees. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, I've got a fig tree. And what has happened? We had some fruit on, but what's happened... The branches at the, at the top all went rotten, but also the hazel, the hazelnut trees well got the same disease. Hang on. Why why do you think it's all gone rotten? The hazel and the fig. Well, I don't know, but the tops of the fig tree went rotten anyway. Right. Let's go back down the fig tree. So, so how far back down the fig tree is it rotten? Uh, from about well, the branch about a couple of foot down from the top down. And what's happened to it? Well, it just went. It just. It just like they went. Went rotten. That's all. I'm looking at it now. Are you sure it's rotten or it's just died? Well, well, no. Hang on. Well, it died. Yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah, it died. That's what happened to it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, basically, uh, it, it could it, be a number it, of things. It could be it? a number of things that have caused it. But basically, what you need to do now is to is to prune that off. Down to live, basically. Yep. So cut I it have, back. I have a I have a piece here in my hand, and it's like it's it's it is it's died off. 
and Saigon Brown. Yeah, well, dieback ha- will happen for a number of, a number of possible reasons. I mean, the fact that it's under a hazel tree could have been that it's not getting enough sunlight, so that might have caused it. Um, but basically, what you need to do is to prune it back about two inches or three inches into uh, live growth. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it, and then it will regrow. And then it will reshoot, yeah. Uh-huh. And what caused the hazel tree to get the same problem as well? Well, again, it, you know, the di- trees dying back can be caused by numerous things. And a lot of it's drought well, in the last year, isn't it? Uh, well, a lot of it's yeah, drought, uh-huh. but a lot of it's drought that's happened in previous years. Trees, that's what I meant, last year. Trees yeah, can take, you know, two or three years to show symptoms of poor soil conditions. Yeah, without, uh-huh. without seeing it, without seeing it, it's absolutely impossible to say what's gone, what's happened. But what, what you need to do is definitely cut back into new wood on both plants. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And Thank it, you very much for the good afternoon, Peter, folks. if it happens again, you, you let us know and send us, send us a picture of it and we'll have a further look at it if it becomes a problem. We're going to go to Christine in Holbridge, who's given us a call on 0800 4041, where we got a line free at this moment. Hello, Christine. Hello. Um, I've got a variegated holly tree in the garden. It's about mm-hmm. 10 foot tall. It's been lovely for a few years while I've been here. And last year I noticed the leaves are falling off. And I was concerned about it. But one night in the winter, I got up in, in the middle of the night and I looked out in the garden and it's, it's um, all lit up by my outside lighting. And I, I thought to myself, is it not getting any rest during the night time? <laughs> so I've, I've turned the light off and I've got all new leaves. Now, is that what... I've still got old leaves falling off, but it's covered in new leaves since I've left the light off. And <laughs> can I put my light back on or is it just coincidence? <laughs> I think... Uh, I Personally, Christine, I think it's, it's totally coincidence. I think it is, yeah, uh, too. Uh, I mean, you know, artificial lighting can have an effect on flowering in some plants, but uh, I would say it would probably grow more leaves if it had permanent lighting on. Uh, but I, I think it's coincidence. I think the fact that it's lost leaves was more to do with either a shock at the roots drying out, for instance, um, or there is something called um, holly leaf miner, which, yeah. it, which is an insect pest. And it lays its eggs in between the the upper and lower layer of the leaf. The the grub then eats the inside of the leaf out and leaves a mine. You can actually see you the can mine. See them easily, can't yeah, you? Yeah, if you hold the the leaf up to the light, you'll see a mine. And they then inject it with a chemical that causes the leaves to drop because it then needs to pupate in the soil. Very very clever little insect that it gets the it makes the holly do all the work for it. I, I did notice I had lots of ants. And I, I put a, a sticky band down the tree. Yeah. And I took it off last year. Okay. So well, is that, could that have been? Well, ants. If you've got ants in in a plant, it's usually a sign that there is a, some insect pest in the tree because most sap right. most sap supping sorry sap, sap sucking, sucking insect pests <laughs> produce honeydew and honeydew is sugar more or less pure sugar uh, and the right. ants go around collecting the sugar for food so whenever right. you see lots of ants going up and down the, the stems and the and the trunk of, of trees and shrubs yeah. you can normally say yeah there's some sort of insect pest in the tree 
Right. Thank you very much. I, I can put my light back on. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah <laughs> like, put your light back on. No problem uh, at but all. But Christine, if all the leaves Thank fall off, much. if all the leaves fall off when you do that, don't blame us. <laughs> I'm just going to. Um, uh, this is a note from Maureen on Canviani. She sent us an email and it says, I read somewhere that you should take the first flower off your cucumbers to promote stronger roots. Firstly, is that true? Well, it all depends. It all depends when the first flower forms. That's if the right. first flower forms when After it... After the plant is quite rigid and off and up and the... Well, I was going to say, if it, you worry? well, I was going to say, if it, if it forms yeah. early and the and the plant is still small and establishing, take it off. Then take it off, because yes, you don't want it putting its energy into flowering. But they don't always do that, do they? They'll no. often grow ages before. That. No, and so therefore, it all depends on the age of the plant. Also, you will also find some of the early flowers are are all male flowers because of the low light mm. and cold temperature. So it's often a good idea to take those off because of that. And then she says, is it the same for melons, courgettes, squashes? Mm. Well, they're the same. Similar. They're the same. All the same family. They're all the same family. They're all closely related. So, they are yes. indeed. Loves the programme. Wish it was longer. Yes. Yeah, Tell so the do. boss. So do I. Tell the boss. Um, thank you very much for your. <laughs> now, cucumbers. I'm going to bring this. I've got a letter now because. Um, uh, this is from Dorothy in Dagenham. Thank you, Dorothy, for your letter. Why are you, why are you sort of well, it's cucumbers. laughing? No, no, so, it's cucumbers. Okay. And I haven't heard this before, but uh, she, she has the answer. Somebody was asking a solution to stop cats getting on the garden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My husband said they should hang a cucumber <laughs> still in its plastic sleeve right. near whatever the ca- wherever the cats get in. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, sorry. She's tried it. Oh. And it works. Right. Okay. Dorothy from Dagnum. Have you tried it and does it work for you? We want to know. Right. We want, it, we we want, want, we want a, a county-wide experiment. On cucumbers and cats. <clears throat> you see, it went from an email to a letter, just like that, did you? Clever. Well, I've, I've, well, I've, clever I've, radio, I've never that, heard it? of cucumbers uh, putting cats off going into your garden. I do know that some people think that if you get a piece of um, hose pipe and you bend it into an S shape so it resembles a snake, that can scare cats off. Maybe it's And, that's and you a, can even buy plastic snakes in your garden centres to put cats off. OK. I've seen those. All right. Well, I They're not expensive, either. <laughs> probably, probably cucumbers are probably more expensive. Yeah, especially if you have to creep... No, they wouldn't go off very quickly if they kept in their plastic, would they? You wouldn't know where they're going to... We won't go there. But anyway, have you tried it? Dorothy has in Dagnum. She says it works. Give us a call if you think that that is the answer to keeping cats off your garden. And the number to call, of course, is 0800... Uh, what is it? Oh, 800 111 That's the number to call. I'm going to now go to Malcolm in Haybridge. Who's, are you having a bit of trouble with your run of beans, Malcolm? Not really, no. Um, what the problem is, um, I don't see very well. I've got poor eyesight. And um, I've just grown a few in, a, in, a, in a grow bags. And I was training them up a bit of trellis. And a couple of them I was threading them through and I knocked tops off. Will they spread out for the sides or do I have to replace the beans? No, actually, taking the tips out of runner beans is a really good idea. Not enough people do it. Actually, no, do absolutely they? not. So, accidentally, you've you've probably done a really good idea and a good thing to do. Oh, good, good. That's all right then. Because what happens is that once once you take the tip out, you get lots of side shoots forming, and those side shoots will obviously produce more flowers 
than if you didn't have the side shoot. So you, if you get more flowers, you get more beans. And also the, the, the flowers formed on side shoots usually set better mm. as oh. a result. So you've actually done <laughs> the, probably the best thing you can do. You didn't realise that? Cats. Cats, yes. What do you get rid of cats with? Dry tea bags. Yeah. And spray them with that um, deep heat rub. Olbus, Olbus oil. Olbus oil. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. swear by that. A lot, of people, so, a lot of people swear at that. Yeah, and you're not going to try the cucumbers then, Malcolm? I haven't tried to go, but I've got a big enough garden for that. OK, <laughs> Thank you very oh, much. Bye. Thank you, Thanks, Malcolm. Malcolm. We're not laughing at Dorothy because obviously it works for her, but I want to know, find a few other people that it works for them as well. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we should be doing, shouldn't we? Just um, poor old Mike from Chatham. He has sent us an email with a picture. I identify these eggs on my indoor plant and how long they might take to hatch. Well, that's an interesting answer, you know, question to ask somebody because we don't know how long's a piece of string. Hatching eggs depends oh, what they are. Depends what they are and what the temperature is. Yeah. Thanks. She's a re- he's a regular listener from Chatham. Okay, good. However, the picture you've seen it. I've seen. Well, it's, <laughs> it's not a picture. <laughs> it's squeezed. I don't know what's happened to his picture. Do you? Uh, no, it's about one millimeter mm. uh, deep. So please, Mike from Chatham, send us another picture if you've got a picture of those eggs and we'll have a look at it. Hasn't come out on the email. It hasn't at all. Uh, Let's now go to Eve from Harlow. And uh, are we talking Christmas already, Eve, with your poinsettia? It sounds like it, doesn't it? It does. I mean, Um, you know, am I in the wrong month or something, you know? (laughs) We could be today, couldn't you? We can't (laughs) mention the C word in June, I'm afraid. (laughs) Come on. What's up with your poinsettia then? What are you doing to it? Um, Well, it's still blooming. Good. And um, you did mention it before. What do you do when the flowers actually die? You cut them back and encourage them to regrow, basically. You cut them back, repot them. And Jeff's going to say, put it in the bin, wouldn't you? No. No, you I, wouldn't no, do that, yeah. would you? In fact, I'm, I thought that's what you were going to say. No, no, I'm too nice. <laughs> too nice to Evie Harlow. Uh, I actually would throw it away because um, they're Cause not my like favourite plant. But still. No, you cut them back. Cut them, you can cut them back very hard, Cut actually. them back quite hard, yeah. And then repot them into fresh compost. In the next size pot. And that's it, and basically. Then, and then keep them growing. Um, There's another question, if I might. might, Certainly. um, I've got a bluebell patch, um, and the flowers have gone, of course. But what do you do about the leaves that are left? Do you let let them rot into the ground or pull them out? Well, you need, as as with all bulbs, all spring flowering bulbs, you know, the, the way they build their strength up after flowering is through their leaves. So if you want if you want to encourage them and you want them to sort of uh, keep growing and flowering in in future years it's always a good idea to to leave the leaves on until they naturally turn yellow and then you can either leave them there or take them off or however however sort of neat and tidy a freak you are in the garden not at all. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. In that case, you just leave them to, to rot of their own accord, where all that goodness okay. will go back into the soil. Thank you. Pleasure. That's uh, Eve from Harlow. We're going to be talking to Midge from Romford. And uh, don't forget, there is a text number. Peculiarly, not a text has arrived. And that's on 81333 and put Essex on the front. The only one that arrived is uh, is complaining about Tony Fisher taking the mickey out of me. Um, about being being a 
going on about her gardening. Well, I, Tony and I get on very well, so I haven't got a problem with Tony at all. Tony, if you're plugging my programme, good for you, boy. That's what it should be about here on local radio. Uh, we talked. I've talked to Tony just the other week, so no problem at all. Let's go now back to Midge from Romford. Are we talking about cucumbers again, are we? Yes, we are. Is, not for, not is this for keeping cats away, or is this not? Well, no, exactly. When I go shopping, the first thing my cat does is go down the bag and pull out the cucumber and start eating it. <laughs> well, I hope he doesn't eat it with the plastic on, does it? Yeah, it just sort of... Really? ...kind of claws at it and pulls off the plastic and then starts noshing away at the, at the cucumber. Yeah, Are you not feeding your cat or something? No, why should I fucking give it a cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that at all. There's two things we haven't heard of. is calving cucumbers to get cats away, and then somebody at Midge has come along from Romford, haven't you, and says the cat eats cucumber. We have, we I, have I the two extremes. I'll just try tomatoes and give it a salad, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so do you suffer with cats in your garden then or not? Because you've no, got one. No, not at all. My cat makes it, makes sure that it's his territory and that's it. Yeah. A dominant male cat, eh? Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's a, it's a lovely story and thank you very much for that. You're that's welcome. really, really appreciated. We'll be going back to your gardening questions in a little while, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips and things you could be getting on with in the garden. Jeff, what have you got for us now? What have I got? Well, at this time of year, all those fabulous spring flowering clematis have finished flowering. So that's your alpinas, your macro petalas, your vigorous montanas, and even your evergreen armandii. And this is the time, if you want to do any pruning, to prune them so that they can then spend the rest of the summer putting on their flowers for next year. Now, uh, most people say, well, all you need to do is tidy them up or deadhead, I mean, deadheading them is it's a waste of time. It, well, it's impossible, because especially with the Montana being so huge. Nobody ever says to prune them reasonably hard. And to my mind, I think they knew, do need reasonably hard pruning, especially, again, the Montanas, because if you only sort of you know, take the top little bit of growth off and tidy them up. They produce yards and yards of growth. I have been known to kill a Montana, so being a bit harder. Well, I'm not talking about <laughs> what you do, which is cut them back to two inches above ground level. I mean, you know, treat them a, a little bit harder. Take off, yeah. you know, a third of the growth, a half of the growth. And that way you, you'll keep them far more compact. And certainly in our smaller gardens, we can't have clematis growing 40 feet um, and you'll, I think you'll get a much better display yeah sure if you've got one that's, that's um, a complete mess that you haven't pruned then you can be a little harder but then when you go down to your two inches from ground level it's a risk isn't it they may or they may not recover and if you don't prune them all you end up is this huge tangle of stems which looks awful and a lot of it's dead wood as well absolutely yeah um, and then once you've done that and with any climbers now's also a good time as, as all our climbers are producing lots of growth tie them into their supports try and arrange the stems attractively so that you know you get a fan shape some of the the woodier ones it's better to train the stems horizontally if you can because that encourages more flowers to be mm. produced and while we're talking about climbers if you want some more climbers this is actually an excellent time to do some layering which is the easiest way to propagate things. I mean, clematis are difficult from cuttings. If you layer them, you've got a much better chance of getting a plant. OK, it'll take a year before you actually get your new plant, but you're, but more, you or less, you're more or less guaranteed. Mm. 
Simple. So is that two tips there you got in there, did you? I've got three tips, actually. <laughs> and when you, just, just on the back of the pruning, going back to the pruning, when you prune, is it, import, is it important? Because people don't feed clematis. They think, oh, they've done their bit, chop them back, done. Shouldn't they be fed to try and encourage? Well, how would you feel if you sat out in the garden all year and you yes. didn't get a bag of chips and a bit of steak every now and again? Uh, feeding plants, yes, makes them grow. But what a lot of people don't really appreciate is that it also helps strengthen them and harden them and make them uh, easier to, to overcome pest and disease and, and uh, adverse environmental conditions. So, yes, feed all your plants. Feed all your plants. Oh, that's the lasting message on those tips from Jeff Hodge. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Beverly sent us in a picture, didn't she, of a weed? A weed, yes. Um, now, the, I, I don't know its name, I have to be honest. I, it's, it, I'm not good at weed names, they're just weeds as far as I'm concerned. Well, there are plants. There are plants. There are plants growing in the wrong place. Yes, but that one isn't, that's a weed. The, or doing now, the wrong that, thing. Is that the one that's got a slightly silvery edge to it? And it no? No. No, it's not the one that's difficult to spray because it's... No. It's, no. no. OK, what is it then? It's Herb Robert. Herb Robert? Which is... Who uh, named that, Robert? It probably. <laughs> Well, they do, don't they? They put their names on plants, uh, well, they, people? People used to, yeah, in the olden days. In, in the, the good old, in the old days. Back so, to yes, Victorian it's, it's times. it's Robert. It, uh, it flowers all over the place. What and flower it, does it have? Pink. Sort of, pink quite, you know, know, it's quite a... Tr- a lot of people do quite like the flower and then and leave leave it in place for the flower and then realise what a mistake that was because it, cause it then just spreads everywhere. And while it's flowering, its roots are shooting everywhere and colonising the whole of your garden. So it's definitely something that you need to, to get o- rid of. oik out unless you're into your very much wildlife Now it says it's Herb flower. Robert. Is it a herb? I mean, no, it's no, not no. used as a herb. No, no, no. It's a funny name, isn't it, Herb Robert? You'd think it was used as a herbal remedy for something. Well, maybe it was. Maybe no, it might have been maybe back, it in, was back, back in, in the time. Back in Culpepper's day. Yeah. If you go have a look in Culpepper's herbal, it might tell you what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> and I know what I'd tell you to do with it. Yes, dig it out dig and it throw it away. And get, and get rid of Compost it. it. <laughs> but not the roots. No, not the roots. Phil in Colchester, you've given us a call on 0800 111 What What have you got for us, Phil? Oh, morning, Ken. Jeff. Um, I've inherited a tree fern and that was knee dead, apparently, and uh, it's just got a couple of three throngs coming now. I just wonder how to look after it. That's in a pot, you know, a container. Are you going to keep it in its container, or do you want well, to plant I don't it know. out? I, I'd rather put it in the ground, but I yeah. couldn't leave it for now because we're going away, and then I thought, come back, and then I can sort it out, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you can grow tree ferns in pots, but um, personal, personally, I think they, they look better. Uh, and also because they're so tall, if you live in a windy area, you have to have a really massive pot to stop the thing bl- blowing over all the time. Um, they need shade, Phil. So yep, that's, that's uh, they, not deep, deep shade, but they, you know, if you get lots of hot, burning, strong sunshine on those fronds, then they will just start to, to shrivel up all the time. So it's far better to put them in, in somewhere where the, the, the fronds are out of direct sunlight. Right, um, and, and watering just round the bottom, or no watering? No, top? watering very the... important when you water is that you actually do it at the top. On so the you, top, so right. if you have a look at the top of the trunk, there'll be yep. a dep- there's a depression where yep. the where the fronds come out of. 
literally water into there and allow the water to run down the side of the uh, of the <clears throat> trunk and even if you're using a hose pipe you know actually damp down the sides of the trunk um, on a very regular uh, basis yeah well that's what i was going to ask it's just like um like bamboo sort of stuff around the trunk isn't it you know mm-hmm. Or, or is that something someone's put on it? Oh no, he's talking about the, fur, the 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 makeup of the of the trunk, which is just old leaf, basically. It's, yeah. it's the scale oh, of the old leaf. Awful, awful leaf. No, 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 no. no, no. That's leave, it's really important to leave, leave it, alone. Leave it on. All oh, right, right, yeah. But just keep okay. watering the sides and the top, and yep. then protecting winter. It's as, it's as easy yep. as that, isn't it? Really. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Ed. Best of luck there. Yep. Um, always, it's, it's funny, isn't it? That and I'm not criticising, <coughs> and I have to be careful here because I'm not criticising <coughs> Phil. But it's quite interesting how, how gardeners, gardeners generally, are supposed to be looking after the world and conserving the world and making it a better place, a greener. <laughs> is that right? And is, that, do, is that what? Is and that where what, do we get our tree ferns from? Ah. Uh, well, <clears throat> the other side of the world. Where do all our plants come from? <laughs> well, a lot come from the other side of the world. Yeah, well, they all, they more or less all think, did initially. Yeah, and we, but we, we grow trees. The tree ferns are grown in New Zealand. And Australia. Like and yeah. Australia, and shipped here but in, in a ship that's mm-hmm. using diesel or similar sort of revolting oils. Mm-hmm. And, and the same sort of thing. I mean, aces are grown in New Zealand, aren't they, and brought into the UK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all our seeds have, well, have, a, have a double life. But we never, we never, that's an interesting argument, isn't it? Because you don't ever get people complaining about that, do you? No, you don't. You don't, do you? Um, Sorry, I know I've gone off on a complete tangent, but it's it's an interesting argument, isn't it? Well, all our houseplants come from Holland and Belgium. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very few Mm. of our houseplants are grown here. So yes, I don't know. It's a bit like all our vegetables that we eat come from, from South, Spain, Af- South, Africa, South Africa, Spain, Peru, South America, and all sorts yeah. of places, don't they? So, don't, yeah. so basically, what I'm saying is, don't start going down that rabbit hole, please. Okay, we've had a picture sent in of. Um, I mean, I can show you, but you can see actually. I mean, I don't know whether you can see that. That's the bits of fig that this Mr. McMahon. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, yes, sent I, in. Yes, you I, can I, see it's just there's bits of dieback. Yep. And that happens on figs. They just. It's stress and, isn't it? Yeah, if the plant hasn't been, you know, in inverted commas, looked after. So if the, you know, although they are Mediterranean plants and they like dry soil, you know, they won't grow if if the soil is bone dry for for a long time. So it could simply be that the soil is dried out. And certainly if it's growing underneath, what was it, a hazel tree, then it might be in shade and the roots of the hazel... Uh, probably being a much bigger tree is basically taking all the water and all the nutrients out of the soil so the, the fig isn't standing a chance competing with the uh, hazel so they are that's uh, good information there we go back to the phones to talk to richard uh richard from ramsey hello richard hello there ken all right yeah what you got for us yeah. today uh, it's only something silly i've got a bird thing you know it's, uh, them outside my garden. I've got about five feeders on it, but I keep getting rooks down and uh, they're eating all the seed before the litlins get down. Is there anything I can do about it? Hmm. They're protected there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yes. They're protected rooks, aren't they? Um, there's a lot of rooks about, actually, aren't there? A lot more than ever used they're to. Protected. <laughs> they're protected. protected enough to get yeah. rid of them. Yes. Um, I think you'll find that you might have to put um, some sort of like, like a, a like a dustbin lid. I'm not saying a dustbin lid, but, but the principle a of a dustbin, dustbin lid, lid or a or a hubcap 
on top of the feeder because I think the way that rooks feed is that they would have to come and land on the top to get at the feed. I don't think they lack. They don't think they They're come not in sideways. On the side, are they? So well, these you... ones, these ones, I've got five feeders hanging off this pole. Yeah, and they land on the feeder and stay on the feeder. So. Where do they? Where do they land on? Where do they land on the feeder? Do they hang on the side of the feeder? Do hang on the side, yeah. Bunkers, aren't they? Well, that that that, that does mine away. Um, no, I can't think of anything. I can't. And let, you can't well, what about those ones with a cage? Oh, no, they... What you can do is you can, if you use a squirrel-proof feeder, that would work. Because the squirrel-proof feeders are the ones that have the cage on the outside, which is um, yeah, two. Which uh, is yeah, uh, they hang on that as well. They all. The, I've got peanuts. I've got uh, the seeds and everything. The fat balls. They even hang on to the side of the peanut one, the squirrel one. Okay. Well, I was thinking what, the the way that some of them work is that they don't allow the squirrel to get close enough to the to the food, but the 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 the, the mesh, in inverted yeah. commas, is small enough to Very allow the birds in. Very difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Very difficult. If anybody's got any ideas, uh, humane, please note humane. Um, for Richard from Ramsey, give us a call on oh eight hundred triple one forty forty one. You can you can also call that if you have a gardening problem. We're going down an interesting route today because, oh, that's gone. Where, where's my fox cubs gone? I've lost my fox cubs question. Fox cubs has disappeared somewhere. I think you, yeah, you, she's going to get him back. Last week, you see, this is interesting, isn't it? Last week, <clears throat> it says you said, but I know I didn't say. And I certainly um, didn't because I, was I wasn't Mick, here. Was Mick said, you did not normally take the tips off your runner beans. Now, what somebody asked was, when do you stop a runner bean? Yeah. So Mick said, well, if they get to the top, you could stop them. But yep. normally you don't have to. So what he's saying is you don't have to tip to take the tip out. No, but I always would. Yeah, I think that's what he said. And now, of course, you're saying <laughs> cut them out. And Mick said they don't. Uh, so that's why Helen's saying, but hang on, you gave information last week that was different from Jeff. And the problem is with gardeners, we've all got different views, haven't we? Yeah, and, and do, do different <clears throat> things. But uh, certainly when your runner beans get to the top of your your support, then... then, then them out. That They've done their you, bit. Yeah. My dad, but I always I, used to train mine along because my dad and I used to grow them along... Grow them horizontally. Horizontally as well. Now, what I do with mine is that I... When... when Every other one gets to the top of the support. I take the tip out, but the other of the every, every you let other them grow. one. No, no, no. I take the tips out when they're halfway up. Ah, and you can. Other people, which again my dad and I used to do, was take the tips, take them out when they're just emerging. And people don't do that either because they'll then branch and produce two yeah. or three. Yeah. Your dad, your dad was mean, wasn't he? Yeah, he only get grew, your money's worth. He only grew one when he, he could have grown <laughs> two or three. Now we're going back to Fox Club. Fox Cubs, aren't we, Derek? Yep, yeah. I got five fox cubs and a vixen come in my garden. How cute! They, they're quite cute, but they leave their calling cards all over the lawn and they dig holes in the lawn. I purchased one of these screecher things to try and get rid of them, but it doesn't work. Any ideas? Oh, Derek. The electronic ones oh. should work on Fox. Some... I mean, they're quite cute, but they're a bloody nuisance, putting it bluntly. <laughs> I 
I can imagine. I mean, yeah, they are lovely, but yes. Um, normally, that was the electronic kit specific for foxes or was it wide well, ranging? It's one of these solar panel things. You put it in the garden and it sends out screeches for cats, dogs, everything. Yeah, it might be too wide. They're yeah, d- they don't really work. Some of the well, some, well, some, some of them do. do. So we both said it, in, it. And the important thing is that what has happened in that market is that they were made for very specific animals, weren't they, Jeff? Yep. You had a cat one because cats, dogs, foxes, etc., have all got different hearing levels. So the the the, the frequencies the frequencies are all different. And I think if you get a general one, they might not work on certain things. There's might a, they? there's one called Fox Watch. Yeah. Which uh, is made by a company called Concept Research. So they're, if you they're the originals, if, if aren't they? they are the original. So if you Google Concept Research Foxwatch, go on their website and see what they say about theirs. But theirs is has a specific yeah. uh, 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 range for basically for for foxes. Um, you can't really you can't fence off your garden for foxes because they they can climb uh, unless they dig, they climb, they dig. Yeah. Um, and there's no repellents that really no honestly work. Really work. Um, obviously, make sure that you never have any, leave any rubbish out. If you have a barbecue, obviously clear away. Never use blood, fish, and bone fertilizers because that encourages them as well. And once you've tried all those things, there really isn't anything else that you can have a go with. But well, do try. I'll have a look around for what you said. And it, I, I only know because um, they were original people. They did the cat one called yeah. Cat Watch. Cat Watch. And Cat Watch definitely worked. Uh, you know, I did that actually, believe it or not, BBC Essex trials when we used to do trial of products. Oh, many, many years on, ago. Many, yeah. many years ago. Here there is something else Essex. you could try, Derek, and this, uh, this is something called um, Pest Buy. Uh, which, if you go on the primrose.co.uk website, they have it. It's basically you attach it to a tap. It has a uh, motion sensor, and when and it, it senses motion in the garden, it sends out a jet of water um, and a and a hissing sound. Now that's pretty good at cats. Might also work on fox. We're going to be back to your calls and texts in just a little while, but let's take a final look at the top tips that Jeff's got for us this week. Okay, I'm reverting. Are you? Yes, I'm talking about reversion. <laughs> Happens in a lot of plants, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, us Brits, believe it or not, we're a bit weird. Did you know us Brits are weird? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to go, go ways, on that one. <laughs> but we love variegated plants probably more than just about any other nation in the world. And there are a lot of evergreen, um, uh, a lot of evergreen shrubs that are variegated that um, revert. So it's like euonymuses. Euonymus, Eliagnus yeah. particularly, but there's, there's, there's several more. And basically, you know, those plants, those variegated plants started life as a, 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 a mutation on an all-green plant. And then the nurserymen grew them on and, the, and then we started buying them. But they sometimes revert back to the all-green. And this is what reversion is. Um, and if you allow those all-green shoots to remain because they're more vigorous, than, more vigorous than the variegated ones, they start to take over your plant so if you see an all green shoot on a variegated plant take it out as soon as you possibly can now you need to go back into cut back into the the variegated growth um, or completely remove the whole of that all green shoot it was funny because we were doing a clearing the other day and this this man said to me he said that shouldn't all be green in there should it you <laughs> see and it's, it was a, a 
you were euonymous, but the shrub was four foot high, six foot long, and um, two thirds green. And I said, I think you better leave it. I, he said, I used to cut it out. <laughs> yeah, because if you leave it, it but you just, give up it, in the it, end. It takes over. It takes over. Yeah. And it had a bit of irrigation, which you know. But in the end, if it's too much, you're best leaving it, aren't you? Yeah. So, yeah, variegation. But you get it on other plants as well, don't you? You do, you do. On trees, some of the aces do, don't they? Yeah, so that's above ground. And then the other thing that we sometimes need to get rid of is what appears from below ground. Oh. Suckers. <laughs> uh, plants that are grafted onto a rootstock. So, we you know, we've got trees, apple trees, fruit trees, sometimes Japanese maple, certainly roses, sometimes lilacs. Yeah. Sometimes, particularly if you're hoeing around the plant and you damage the root, then you get shoots formed from the rootstock. And these are what we call suckers. And basically it's, you know, it's the native species or the wild species that, was, that the variety was grafted onto that starts growing. Is it easy to get rid of those, though? Because can you just cut them off or not? Well, again, you need to make sure that you get in early. You know, once, you, once your sucker is like six foot high, you know, you're going to have more difficulty to get rid of it. And, yeah, a lot of people do prune them off unfortunately if you prune them off you're bound to leave some dormant buds behind mm. and your one sucker then becomes two suckers and then you prune back two suckers and that then becomes four suckers and well you can do the maths so, you know 8 16 32 64 256 a thicket of suckers so it is far better to you know carefully rootle around in the soil so that you can trace the sucker down to where it joins that main rootstock. And then you'll probably need to put gloves on with a gloved hand. If possible, gently tear it off so that you're taking those dormant buds with you. And that's why it's important to do it when they're when young. When they're young, yeah. Because once they get big, you know, that tearing off is going to be very, very difficult. You probably might have to use a, a mattock or a sickle to actually do it. But it is. They're, they're really the two major problems, aren't they, with reversion, you know, back... Plants trying to go back to nature. Go back to nature, yes, go back to their Perhaps wild. we should leave them and let them get on with yeah, it. Yeah, and with suckers, they're trying to go back to their roots. It's now time for some of those events around the county. Now, don't forget, you need to send your events in two weeks in advance to me, Ken Crowther, at bbcessex.co.uk. That's ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. Just a reminder. Or you can send them by post to us here at BBC Essex, P.O. Box 765, Chelmsford, CM2 9XB. Well, what are we going to look at today? Some of those NGS gardens again. Mirror Floors, 5 Rowan Way, uh, Sunday the 16th of June and Sunday the 30th of June. 2 till 5, admission £3.50, homemade teas there. It's an award-winning, medium-sized garden. A uh, little bit of heaven, I think. Blazes of colour, roses, clematis, pergola, rose arches, triple founding with a box hedging and deep herbaceous borders. Uh, it's even got a little bit of a folly. Go on, go along and see it. CM82LJ. Now, uh, let's move on to some of those that are open uh, regularly through the year. Fearingbury Manor. That's Coggleshaw Road Fearing. <coughs> Excuse me, that's open right from now till the 26th of July, every Thursday and Friday. Admission £5, children free. Plenty to see in this 10-acre garden. Two ponds. It's, uh, it's by the River Blackwater. It's got a gorgeous lawn 
and it's got spectacular views as well, colourful plants, an explosion of Michaelmas daisies in September. So, in fact, you can go any time now all the way through till September. And there's some sculptures by Ben Cood Adams. I've seen some of his sculptures before at that garden, so go and have a look. Barnard's Farm's another one. That's open every Thursday until 29th of August. 11 till 4.30, £7.50, children free. You can get light refreshments there. Um, there's so much to see. There's a train through the woodlands, which is rather nice if you're taking your children. There's a Japanese garden, sculptures, quirky enhancements of, and delightful things to have a look at. So there's lots to see. Ponds, lake streams and a ward vegetable plot. Plenty to go and see there. That's uh, Barnard's Farm, Brentwood Road, West Horndon, Brentwood CM13. Just an advance warning as well. There's a plant sale on the 22nd of June. That's in the Reading Rooms. Uh, and that's for the Billericay Horticultural Society. The Reading Rooms, High Street Billericay, 8.30 till 12. And you can buy all your plants from people who know. It's free entry and refreshments will be available. Yes, that's the Billericay Horticultural Society. Thank you for sending that in, uh, Vic Hare. Uh, keep sending all your events in and we will get them aired on the BBC Gardening Podcast. Just a reminder, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. Send them in and get out there and meet some people with light-minded gardening enthusiasts. We go back to the phones. No, I won't. I'm going to do this one first because it's interesting. How do I propagate them? Crocus for years grown, but this all of a sudden they produce seeds. How do I propagate them? With difficulty. Wouldn't bother. And is it... <laughs> Take years, won't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I would just allow, allow the seed pods to um, drop. to drop and and for them to Se- self sow. And then when you get seedlings, you might want to try potting them up. To actually try sowing the seed is is a faff. And don't forget, you're, you're looking at three, four, five years before they longer. before they flower. So yeah. you know, it's a it's a long term it's a long term faff as far as I'm concerned. Peter from Black Notley, thank you for that. So just let them self seed. Uh, let's now go to Bob from Thaxted. Hello, Bob. Hello, Jeff and Paul and King. Uh, Morning. King, I want to know about my winter cyclamen I've got underneath a, a rotten apple tree. Right. Uh, this time of the year, they are producing springs with little balls on the end, which I presume are the seeds. Yeah, correct. Can I do anything with them? Can I pick them? Can I dry them? Can I sow them? Or is it the same thing and not worth the bother? They're inclined to self-seed, aren't they? Yeah, the the ants uh, will do all the work for you. Um, the, 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 the seeds produce sugar to attract ants. And then the ants take the seeds away and take them down into their nests where they then germinate and grow. So right. you often so find... They're so thick under this particular tree. I wanted to try and transplant. Oh. So can I distribute them somewhere else and they will do the same thing or not? Yeah, the the issue with taking the seeds off before they're ready is that they aren't viable. So you do need to leave them on for as long as possible and then the the ants tend to beat you to it. Wouldn't it be better if you you actually removed some of the plants that you've got? Thin them out. Relocate, in other words, thin your cyclamen out rather rather than do what you're trying to do with the seed heads. Oh, I see what you mean. Dig the whole 
the whole digs, warm up with the a, route as well and try and put it somewhere else. So yeah, but wait, wait, yeah, until, but not wait, now. Wait until they're dormant. So wait until all the leaves start to yellow and die off, and then do it. Oh right, I can't take them up with the seed pods on. It's best not to. No, no, you've got. It's it's quite high risk. I wouldn't. I but but right. no, it's just something. They're just uh, just but curios it, to me. There's but if you light. don't want the seeds, just just pull them off. If that's if that's if that's what you're trying to achieve. No, no, no. I want to spread them. I want to get some. Oh, you more. want to spread them? Well. Yeah, no. Do, do when they're dormant, move some of the plants, and then allow the cyclamen that are there to keep seeding and therefore reproducing, and therefore you increase your crop. Right. Thank you very much. I'll try that. Okay, that's Bob from Thaxted. Um, hi, Ken and Jeff. Cats, we sprinkled hot chilli pepper around our flowers. So far, so good. Yeah, can can work. But obviously, when it rains, it all gets washed away. So you have to keep repeating it. Um, again, the only thing that I think works very well, and we were talking about Fox Watch, is, the, is the Cat Watch. It's still one of the best, isn't it? Well, it is the best. I mean, it's it's approved, well, recommended by the RSPB, which use it to protect um, nesting birds from cats. Right. Uh, Karen in Malden says, can you tell me what is wrong with my azalea? She hasn't sent a picture. What can I do to resolve it? Bought it last year and it has few leaves and flowers, minimal this year. Now, what she's not saying is whether it's in a container or whether it's in the ground. It sounds like it's dried out. Or is it it even an indoor one? Yeah, need to know more, but usually generally le- dry. Le- sounds dry, like drying out. Drying out. Drying out. Soak yeah. it slowly. Soak it. Is that right? Yeah, and if it is outside, azaleas prefer a lightly shady position. They don't like hot, dry sun. Cohen in Colchester's talking about tomatoes, aren't you, Cohen? Yes, I am, sir. Um, yeah, um, I live in a communal garden, well, Blackwood communal garden. And uh, I've been told I'm not allowed to dig a garden up anymore because it's communal. So I've got grow bags out now. Lovely. And um, for the first six weeks, it said no need to feed them. Um, now, obviously, it's run out of feed and I'm feeding them and watering them. I've got copious amounts of flour, but no fruit. And the Flowers been there for what four or five weeks. I'm just wondering what I'm doing wrong. So you've got no little baby tomatoes forming at the back of the yellow flower. Nothing at all. Okay, then it sounds like you. It, well, there's a couple of things could be the could be the problem. Uh, we haven't had any really prolonged warm weather. Uh, to give you your, your to, to allow the, the flowers to set so I would I, I'm going to put most of the problem down to the in, weather. inconsistent weather but you can always try and help assist pollination and and flower set is by every time you go past the plants just ge- if they're growing up a bamboo cane just gently knock the bamboo cane uh, you know, every every time you walk up and down, and that will help to move the pollen around, and that often helps encourage the flowers to set their fruit. Yeah, the garden is so facing, so that you know, you get what it when it. Yeah, is exactly. we, yeah no, it's but it's, it's, the, it's the temperature. Weather, it? We've had we haven't had temperatures that are consistently Constant. warm, and we've had some really cold nights as we've well. We've got another one tonight. Yeah. Seven degrees tonight. It's cold, too cold. From a daily oh, okay. temperature. Okay, I didn't know that. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm one of the gardeners who 
who puts them in and if they grow, they grow. They <laughs> no, just, just keep keep trying and I'm sure you'll get results in the end. And, uh, and give, them a good, give them a good hit. Oh, look. That's, that's the picture of the azalea. Right, OK. It doesn't look that sick to me, does it, you? It's a deciduous azalea. It is a deciduous azalea. It's in a container. Uh, I mean, it's obviously in too small a container. Yep. Uh, and it's been in too small a container for a long time, which is why it is completely bare at the base and has only got a few tufts of leaves at the top. Uh, not that I'm saying repotting it now will improve things, because it, it probably won't. Um, the the repotting should have really been done quite a few years ago when it was a, a smaller plant. You could prune it, but you could prune it. You could cut it. You could repot it. Yeah. Now you could. You could. You? Yeah. If you repot it now, in, but, but prune it. If you're not going to prune it, there's no, no point in repotting. It, I would prune say. it and repot it. That's Karen from Morden. You could prune it hard, and we mean hard, don't you? Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, you could cut it down to six inches from ground level. It has a risk. It has a risk involved, but cutting it down that low will encourage growth of that low down. If you only take the tips of the, uh, the, the shoots out, it, you'll only get new growth at the tips. So it will, it will always look bare and, and sparse and horrible. So you've got to take the risk to improve the shape and the flowering by cutting it back really, really hard. And if it dies, I'm afraid it dies, but it, you know, at least you've got two chances of trying to recover a nice-looking plant. Thank you for that. And uh, I'm sorry to say, no, the green egg picture is the same as it came in before. The what? He sent the picture again of the eggs, but in oh. fact it's coming exactly the same as before. Sorry, I something going wrong there. Peonies, we're Mary from Hodderson. Is that right, Mary? It is, yes. I've got a peony and... Up until now, it's had quite a few flowers, but this old buds. This year, it's just got one bud. Now, nearby, I've got a pieris and a hydrangea, and I've been feeding them, or feeding the pieris in particular, seaweed plus the sequestered iron, which I thought was right. Could the, what I'm feeding them, could that affect the peony? No. No, the peony would probably love love those as well. I mean, cer certainly the seaweed, it would love the seaweed, so that that's not going to be the cause. Right, so I, I, I think I'm going to have to move it. When should I move it? Well, yes. I wouldn't say moving is necessarily... I mean, if you say that it's done really well in, in recent years, uh, moving it, is, it may not be the answer to the problem. What may be is, is a disease called peony bud blight, um, which affects the which affects the buds, and it's so we call it peony blood bud. Sorry, peony bud blast. Because when you get it, you go, oh no, my peony buds blast, and it's a disease that attacks them when they're young. So if you have a look, and you've got small black buds, which are where your flowers are meant to be, that's peony bud blast. Uh, spray it with a fungicide, and that should help clear it up. But obviously, there's going to be no flowers this year, and remove all affected leaves that die on the ground, and certainly in the autumn, clear away all the dead leaves. Right, the leaves themselves are fine. It's just no, there's just no. Bugs. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds it like peony there. bud blast is to blame. It does. Uh, yep. Right, and it's it, I'll get something called a for bud blight. Okay, I'll go into my uh, nursery and see what I can uh, find on the. On the and spray. What would you use? Um, I would use um, Fungus Clear Ultra. Ultra? Fungus Clear. Clear Ultra. Okay, thank you All right. very much indeed. Thank you. 
That's a pleasure, Mary. Um, Ken, does the advice on tips of runner beans apply to French beans? That's Stephen from Hockley. Okay, climbing French beans, yes, yes. but the bush uh, or the dwarf, no, don't bother. There's no point. They should nat- like. they should naturally branch out of their own accord. I like dwarf French beans. So do I. Uh, just read that once Oriental poppies have flowered, cut them back, and they could flower again. Possibly. I think possibly is the word. Possibly. And that's not cutting the leaves. That's just cutting cutting the the head, the flower stem. Take the flower stem out down to ground level. Leave all the leaves on. Good uh, liquid feed, high potash liquid feed. And you might get another flush. You might, you might get another, but you plant. might not. But then, of course, what what, is, what then Lee goes on to say is, what about the seed heads I've cut off? Will they dry and can I use them again? Well, you, you could dry seed it, heads. Yeah, you could dry the seed heads and then use the seeds, couldn't you? But having left the seed heads on to form seed heads means that you might now not get a second flush of flowers because okay. the plants put its energy into the seeds, whereas you want it to try and put it into producing more. So if you're trying to do that, <laughs> take the seed heads off as soon as the flowers fade. Right, and here's Dave from Wickford, finally, uh, which uh, is quite is quite good. He's saying the squirrel-proof feeders... By the type, I haven't seen this one, cage drops over the seed pods when the weight of the bird is heavier than it should be. They're not cheap, but they work. Uh, yes. Now, that really is pretty sensible. That is very it? sensible. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you've missed any of the answers to the question we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go on the BBC Sounds app. If you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning here on BBC Essex from 11 o'clock. 